Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle head down to Ellen Road to face Leeds United this weekend as the race for the top four enters the home straight. It's myself and, as usual, John Gibson bringing you the preview ahead of what is, John, a big, big game for both clubs. Both clubs fighting for something, something entirely different. Leeds for their Premier League status and Newcastle United, as we mentioned there, for top four football. Um, after the Arsenal game, John, I suppose the first question is, how important is it that Newcastle react to what happens last weekend? Very, very important. As it was after Villa, and we got a very positive reaction after Aston Villa. Um, the one thing Newcastle themselves and the fans have got to not lose sight of was that while it was a, a disappointing result against Arsenal, Newcastle took part in what was a, a terrific game of football. For the neutral, it was a great advert. It was second against third, and I thought it lived up to that billing. Of course, as perfectionists, we can talk about things that were wrong with it. And Arsenal, to their credit, rose to the occasion and met us when we thought they might be a bit fragile. In fact, they proved that they weren't fragile. But honestly, apart from the two keepers, it was another 4-4 Toyota game, wasn't it? I mean, the two goalkeepers were terrific. Um, otherwise, it could easily have been a 4-4. Um, yes, it was disappointing, but far from the end of the uh, the world, from Newcastle's point of view, I would fully expect Newcastle to go on and make certain the boat doesn't rock and to qualify for the Champions League. That That is what I expect over the, the next few games. Well, there's no time for self-pity, is there? Because no. quite clearly the games, you know, time isn't on your cast United side. They need to turn around and, and and focus on leads and make sure they get the three points on Saturday. And Kieran Trippier, obviously Newcastle's captain, has come out after the game and said pretty much that, that he's, and I'll quote him now, it was a tough game, but now we move on and we've got to forget about the result and focus on leads now. We're in a good position. We can't let this result affect us. We've got four big games left now. We need to review this game, look at where we can do better and prepare for Leeds. And that's what will be happening this week. They will have pushed the Arsenal performance, the Arsenal result to the back of their minds. They would have spent Monday, maybe uh, Tuesday, going over what went wrong. And now the full focus will be on Saturday's game against Leeds. Sure, you can see why Kieran's captain, can't you? He, he talks just like Eddie Howe. I mean, those quotes you could put there and then you say afterwards, who said that? And it would be Kieran Trippier, Eddie Howe. And I mean, that is a compliment. He, he does sound like him. And it is the way ahead. I mean, we've got to remember that right now, as we're sitting here, Newcastle have won eight of their last 10 games. So it's hardly a crisis. I mean, yes, they lost the other two and they, they lost them convincingly against Aston Villa and Arsenal. But they've, but they've won eight out of ten and that's the current situation we're in. And the hardest game that was left is now out of the way. Um, so, you know, it, it it is a matter of regrouping. Uh, there are little things that I would like to see improved just to get us back to where we were. But the, the wonderful thing now, Andrew, is that we're talking at the other end of the table. We're, we're talking about perfection because Newcastle have done so well all season and are still third top. 
we're talking about perfection to make certain we get over the line instead of, you know, it's it's all a disaster. What little things are you talking about? What do you want to see improve ahead of Saturday? Um, this sounds ludicrous in lots of ways because Newcastle have got the best defensive record in the Premier League. Uh, but they had that by a country mile until recently. Now they've let in 27 goals in 34 games. Um, but all of a sudden, Manchester City have only let in two more, so their record's under threat. Not that the, that the record's what important. What is important for me, and this is nitpicking, but we've said we're at the stage of the season where we're looking for little improvements. And for me, we... Facts are facts, and we have let in, uh, we have only kept one clean sheet in the last 14 Premier League games. Now, if you include the semi-final of the League Cup and the final of the League Cup, we've kept one clean sheet in our last 16 games. Now, what is wrong with that is that Newcastle have to go into every game knowing they'll score twice to win. At least twice, if they let one goal in. At least twice to win. That's a big ask. Incredibly, we've done that in seven out of the last ten games. We've done that. In the eighth was our clean sheet against Manchester United, 2-0, when we won 2-0. But we, before we had that record of only one clean sheet in 16 games, we had gone six consecutive Premier League games at the end of last year without conceding a goal at all in six games. Now, isn't that wonderful? Because you're on a guaranteed point. You're going to get some return from games if you don't let goals in. So at the moment, I know we've had a, a, a six against Spurs and a five against West Ham and a four, but can you keep asking forwards to score that number of goals? I would just like we to get back to a clean sheets if we can. That's the the smallest thing. And 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 I don't want to over-dramatise it because I'm more than happy with what we've done. But if he's a perfectionist, Eddie Howe, isn't he? And, and, and if you're a perfectionist, what do you look at this week? You say, what do we need to improve on? Because it doesn't matter who you are, you can improve on something. And that is something we can improve on. A little concern I have as well is midfield. We've got out muscled in midfield. We haven't got Sean Longstaff. That has been a huge miss. And who thought earlier in the season we would be saying that? But it's true. If you look, I've talked about the two games we've lost recently, Aston Villa and Arsenal. Do you know what the common denominator is? Sean Longstaff didn't start in either. He didn't start in either. And he his high energy levels, he does two things. He protects the back four. And he also gives a platform for, for Bruno, whose form has dipped, not just because Sean's not there, but because he's been carrying an ankle as well. But what concerns me is that he is such a perfectionist. When he's seeing his forms dipping, when he's not quite running that midfield, as he didn't against Arsenal, because they too did, he gets frustrated with himself. And he's a walking free kick, isn't he? Because he gets so frustrated, he gives away free kicks and key, key positions. So what I'm looking for is the slight improvements are 
Newcastle to get back to the clean sheet mentality and Newcastle to somehow... We are short in midfield. We've only got three midfield players um, at the moment in Joe Linton, Willick and Bruno with Sean Longstaff out. Because while I think Anderson will become a central midfield player, I don't think he is at the moment. He's a wide left player until he gets a bit more experience. So we're short in midfield. Um, but I'm a little concerned about how we were overrunning the two games we lost. And and Bruno, bless him, he's doing terrifically to keep going physically because there's no question he needs to rest that ankle. He can't afford to, and Newcastle can't afford to. If we think on Saturday, if we've got long stuff out, we can't afford to rest Bruno as well, can we? We're, we're in trouble. Um, so he's got to continue. So if you ask the little improvements I want, it's midfield and to get back to a, a clean sheet mentality, Andrew. Yeah, Newcastle have now let in 10 goals in the past seven Premier League games, which is as many as they had conceded in their previous 18, which shows you just how well they've done um, beforehand. Sure. And, sure. you know, like, like you say, hopefully they can get back to keeping clean sheets. But yeah, I totally agree with you um, on the midfield. They were overran against Arsenal. Uh, I mean, and against, against Philly, uh, yes. if you remember, yeah. The goal they conceded, the first goal they conceded against Arsenal was was absolutely shocking. Um, I, I mentioned this on the podcast with Aaron on Tuesday that if you're Eddie Howe, I think you know you just need to print off the screenshot of Odegaard when he first receives that ball and the amount of space he's got. You know, he could settle Nobody down and him down. nobody you know, closed him down, Andrew. Are you? He could have ran down the big market, got a sausage roll and come back before the time Joe Linton got out to him. And you do wonder if Sean had been in the side, would that have happened? And it, it, you are right. You raised the, the question about how they solved that issue because, you know, Eddie Howe teased that Sean might be all right for Arsenal. Then he comes out afterwards and says he was nowhere near. He hadn't trained. No. And now we, we believe that the injury isn't as bad as first thought. And again, it's a question of whether he'll be ready for Leeds. I don't think he'll be ready for Leeds. I'd be doubtful if he's ready for Brighton. I don't think they'll rush him back. And it does leave a gaping gap in Newcastle's midfield, especially, like you say, John, because Bruno doesn't look his best in that, that yeah. deep-lying role. And then when he's yeah. not fully fit either, he's just not at his best. But Newcastle haven't got options at all. And you talk about Elliot Anderson there. Even if he plays Elliot Anderson in is not a replacement for Sean Longstaff. They haven't got a ready-made replacement for Sean Longstaff. No, and that's no. the worry, isn't it? That's the worry. There's no question. I mean, I think Anderson will make a very, very good central midfield player eventually. But at the moment, that is such a key role and you can get overrun there that in an ideal world, um, the manager wants to introduce him wide left where you've got more breathing space, when you've got more time on the ball, where your energy levels haven't to be so high, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, why do you think that on, on Eddie's shopping list, we've wanted a defensive midfield player and an attacking midfield player all, all season? Because we knew we know that we are short there. We only had four midfield players. I mean, you know, any any chance of Joe Linton playing wide left on it leads is gone because we can't put a midfield out. And, and Joe, by his enormous standards, you know, it, it's bound to get to him. He's almost looks as if he's he's 
try it if you like and i am certain perhaps matches like leeds he'll get extra wind because well they, they don't... That, john he, he might be missing on saturday because he was seen leaving the stadium against arsenal he was limping he looked he looked in discomfort so we, we don't know we'll speak to eddie how obviously on Friday morning, and hopefully, well, I say hopefully, get he'll shed a bit more light. He won't. Um, no, he won't. no, but he won't. at this at this moment in time, there is a there is a doubt over whether Jordan will be fit enough to play against Leeds, which just throws Newcastle's midfield problems. Oh. You know, it, it, they become even worse because I mean that's frightening. That is absolutely frightening. If it happened, I'm certain they'll patch the big man up and. Uh, Give him a couple of headache tablets and um, send him out there, and he, he would always be willing under those circumstances, as Bruno has. But if you have a situation, even if the play and you've got Bruno and Joe Linton off the pace, and you've got no Sean Longstaff, you're struggling in there. And the only alternatives you have coming off the top of your head is to to play Anderson in there, shove Shaw in there from to play a sort of defensive midfield shield or then fiddle with with some of your wide players that can perhaps drop in. But whatever you do, you've ripped engine room out of your side, which is a, a huge, huge worry. And yes, I think Leeds are a very different side and they certainly will be under Sam Allardyce to what the old Leeds will be. They'll not be so gung-ho and they'll not be so high-pressing and flying through you in midfield like the Bielsa sides would have done. But you still can't afford to go, um, you know, to go under under Cook there on, on Saturday because we need a result this weekend. There's no question about that. The best way to get uh, Arsenal out of your hair is to go and get a result in the next game. And all things being equal, I think we will. All things being equal is that we get out a, a strong side. Thank you very much for listening to the episode so far, Andrew Muscovy. I just want to point you guys in the direction of a live event that we're holding on May the 25th. That's a Thursday night. We'll be at the Tyneside Irish Centre myself and Newcastle United writer Kieran Kelly and Newcastle United editor Aaron Stokes and our chief Newcastle United writer Lee Ryder. The Daily Mirror Simon Bird will also be on the panel. But to kick things off, we'll have a club legend with us. Arguably one of the best crosses of the ball ever to play in black and white. Alan Shearer is a massive fan of this man. It is Norberto Solano. This is your opportunity to come and meet a Newcastle United legend and talk about all things Newcastle United with our panel. Hopefully, by that time, Newcastle will have secured top four football, so there's going to be plenty to talk about. The brilliant season so far, what's to come in the summer transfer window, and then those nights on the continent, hopefully against Barcelona or an Inter Milan. It's going to be a great night. To secure your ticket, hit that link in the description to this episode and head over to eventbrite.com. And uh, yeah, we'd love to see you. We can't wait to see you. It's going to be a great evening, raising really important funds as well for the Newcastle United fans food bank. So hit that link, secure your ticket, and we look forward to seeing you on May the 25th. Well, one thing, given what we've just talked about, Bruno not being fully fit, and potentially missing, no Sean Longstaff, the one thing, well, there's, there's a few things, but the one thing I'm going to talk about, which gives me a bit more positivity about the situation, is the fact that Adam Forshaw, uh, the Leeds United midfielder, came out after the Man City game and basically just said Leeds were knackered. You know, they could not 
have they didn't have the energy to pass the ball once they won it back. And for me, if you already have when you're hearing those comments, and I know you know Man City are right up here, Newcastle aren't quite at that level yet, but Newcastle can definitely take advantage of that's what the Leeds United midfield are feeling after playing Manchester City. There's no reason why Newcastle can't go and make the Leeds United midfield feel that again, you know, come Saturday afternoon. Oh, how often do we say it? Both teams are where they are for what they are. We are in the top three and they're in the bottom three. Now, tell me that there's not a bigger gap anywhere than that. The, the Cumberland gap was never as big as that. That is as big a gap in class as you can get. Um, and that is the way, and that's not a fluke. That's with about four games to go. So it's set in stone. There's absolutely no question about that. And if we get a decent side out, mind you, I mean, we you've got to be absolutely terrified because we are playing against a manager who's as good as Pep and is as good as Klopp and is as good as Arteta. I mean, that terrified. How the heck he ever got the sack at Newcastle? I don't know. Because when he's that good, um, and it's and it's his home debut, of course. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. Leeds, it was tried to be said that Leeds holding Man City 2-1 was a morale booster. It was terrific. No, it wasn't. At this stage of the season, the only thing that matters if you're down at the bottom are victories. And it was another defeat. And it was such a morale booster that the rest of the weekend dumped them in the bottom three because you had Forrest winning 4-3, you had Everton sensationally winning at Brighton 5-1 and you had West Ham beating Man United 1-0, thanks for that by the way Hammers, delighted about that and thanks for that Everton at Brighton because it's about time they were cuffed before they come up here um, but those results the first game Sam had, they're worse off at the end of it, now I know it was Man City itself, but the bottom line is they were worse off at the end of it do you think when you, I mean, because the Leeds United team are going to have to be super duper fit. It, 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 we're talking about Sean Longstaff missing, potentially Julian, but whoever comes in, we know from a Newcastle point of view, they will be, they'll have that stamina about them, they'll have that energy, they'll run themselves into the ground because that's what Eddie Howe has built his team around is the fact that these players are just really, really fit and can, can run all day. And, you know, if Leeds United can't match that, then surely this game only goes one way, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I mean, the the biggest hope uh, they've got is that um, is the crowd, because the crowd will be totally behind them, not behind Sam as Sam, but behind a new manager and realizing it's all or nothing. They've got three games to save themselves, so the the biggest asset against us will be the crowd. Who will go for our our travelling fans will give Big Sam some ups a daisy. There's no question about that. After the way he left Newcastle, um, and and his association is both a player and a manager with Sunderland, he will get uh, dogs abuse, but he will get big support. The whole way is as well, though. You talk about Sam, or he talks about sprinkling his magic at Leeds, etc., etc., and with. Two and a half million pound bonus on the line. He'll need an awful lot of magic to be able to collect that at the end. But 
everything is against them. The way Leeds have been brought up of recent years is gung-ho in the Newcastle way, being very fit, attacking, attacking at the expense of defending, trying to win 4-3, if you like. Um, and if that's been indoctrinated in them from Bielsa in the days they were in the championship through to the days they come up, and Marsh basically continued that theory, all of a sudden, Sam, ultra-defensive, you know, put up Hadrian's wall and then put another Hadrian's wall in front of that and say, break through, break through us now. He hasn't got time to implement that perfectly. Yes, you can get a mentality, you can do two banks of four, but sometime during the game, in an hour and a half, mistakes will be made because your mindset is not the, the Sam Allardyce mindset, and Newcastle can take advantage of that. Just wondering how important you think it is that Newcastle maybe get an early goal and, and, and don't see the game going the same way it did against Arsenal, where maybe you've hit the post and you've gone close. And Because I think if that happens and you get the 20, 25, 30 minutes and you've had the better opportunities, having experienced what happened in Arsenal, it's going to be a test of the character because then you start to think, oh, is it not going to be our day again? And that's where the likes of Kieran and Trippier Joe Linton, every players, they're going to need to step up and make sure that they're, you know, the, the leaders in that team and, and that the mentality is right. I mean, an early goal for either side would set them up more than ever because an early goal for Newcastle after Arsenal would be oh, would be in charge and it would kill, it would kill Leeds. I mean, Leeds have got to win these matches. Not draw them, really. Leeds have got to win these matches. And if there were a goal down early on, it would kill the crowd and kill them. Alternatively, if they want to goal up early doors, it would be like a bear pit at Elmwood. Um, so an early goal would make a difference. But from Newcastle's point of view, if they don't get the early goal themselves, if they keep it nil-nil, if it's nil-nil after an hour... The, the whole crowd will be absolutely flat because, you know, it, they haven't got them anywhere near over the line. So the longer Newcastle deny leads, um, the more likelihood is that we will win in the end. Of course, in a perfect world, you go out and score early. In a perfect world, you're 5-0 up after 20 minutes. But how often does that happen? Um, but yes, uh, the biggest thing, and we'll go back to the clean sheet here, the biggest thing, keep them out. Not not by being defensive, um, ultra-defensive. I mean, Newcastle had six clean sheets on the bounce and they weren't a defensive side. They were just tight at the back and, and, and attacked well, uh, counter-attacking or whatever. They've never been a defensive side. Like a Sam Allardyce side is a defensive side. Like a Benitez side can be a defensive side. Newcastle weren't that, but they were secure at the back. And they haven't gone leaking goals all over the place, apart from, say, at Villa, and there was two against Arsenal. But uh, they haven't gone leaking them all over the place. But if you let one in, you've got to score two to win. That is pressure on, on the front. And, um, you know, if if we go down to Leeds and keep a clean sheet, obviously we've got at least a point. But I think we'll win if we keep a clean sheet. I'm just wondering, in terms of mentality, I mean, you mentioned there, if it's nil-nil at an hour, it'll be quite flat. But I also wonder about the nerves of the Newcastle United fans, the nerves of the players as well, because... 
they've got something to play for. You know, they know that my United and Leeds are right on their tails and a win is a, is a must, I know, on Saturday. You want to be coming back from Ellen Road with all three points uh, because of the race to the top four. And I just, I wonder, the longer it goes on without Newcastle potentially getting a goal, does it become a little bit nervy? And is that another test of character of, of the players as well? Because a lot of these players, John, they've never been up this end of the table. And they are relying, well, on one player, really, who's been up there and done it. In, in, in Trippier, you can count Bruno as well because he's been up the right end of the table with uh, his former club. But it's a big test of character, isn't it? Not just this game, but the games remaining to make sure they can handle the pressure of the, 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 the race at the top four. a big four. test of character for young Geordies like you who've never seen rope at the top and worry that we're not going to stay up there. Hey, I'm, I'm older than I look, John. I remember the days of Sir Bobby. I'm older than I look. Well, you, you might be older than you look, but you, you haven't seen Newcastle win something because that's a lifetime ago. And uh, and therefore, it is natural to be nervous in these situations. I don't think the team have been nervous this season, you know. No, and not yet. Not yet, the, but I do fear... There's, there's nine-tenths of the season gone, a third top, and they haven't been nervous. They, now, please don't get nervous in the last four games I don't think they will get nervous I'm, I'm not saying the job will not will be done well I am saying it will be done because they will qualify for Europe uh, for, not for Europe for the Champions League um, but yes hey we'll kill these lot. I mean we're not going to let Big Sam chuck us Geordie's up, are we? I mean, no, please do me a favour. I mean, you know, he, he will think he can walk on water if he if he achieved that, and he thinks that already. So that, so there's no fear, you know, you know, you know what people say in this situation that the, the, the movie script writers will be loving this one because it's big Sam gonna get one over his his former yeah. club. You know if you yeah. have that? No, not not with me, there isn't no, not at all. Because uh, well, I'll just look at the table. We're, th- we're in the top three, they're in the bottom three. Now, if you if you travel to Leeds with fear, when you're in the top three and they're in the bottom three, there's something wrong, man. Um, because the, the, one look at the table should calm all sorts of fears. I'm not suggesting for one minute you can't get the unpredictable result because I'll give you Brighton 1, Everton 5. Have Everton scored five goals all season? Never mind in one game. And, ten, and yet, I think it's 10% of their season's goals came in that game well i mean you would nobody would have forecast including sean dice nobody would have forecast including the brighton manager brighton won everton five so it can happen but i think it happens i think it happened to brighton because they have had all the plaudits about what a wonderful side they are etc etc but they've had none of the pressure because they haven't been in the top four and all of a sudden, because of the way they were playing and the way they dismantled Wolves, etc., etc., all of a sudden, some of them were believing their own publicity and thought they could go out there with cigars, and 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 they would be and they would win the game. And they suddenly one down before a minute's gone, and and they end up five down. I think it got to them. I don't think it will get to Newcastle. Have lived in the top four, in the top five, virtually all season. And they've just got to continue doing what they've done in the main this season. There will always be exceptions like Aston Villa and Arsenal. But Arsenal wasn't a huge disaster. I mean, they were terrific when at the start. 
And if they'd got what they deserved, Murphy had a post, we had a, a, a great penalty shout that wasn't given, etc., etc. We looked as if we were going to sweep them into the dustbin. And then all of a sudden, the penalty turns the game, and then the space game, the Ossengard, who's a terrific, terrific player, and, and the game's a different game. Um, but we took part in a good game. It, it, it's not as if our world's falling apart. At this precise moment, it isn't. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, and before I ask you this question, 16% of Everton's goals this season came in that <laughs> one game against Brighton, which shows you just how uh, badly they've been doing. But yeah, I, there, there were positives to take from the Arsenal game, the, you know, the result aside. And I said on uh, the episode with Aaron, it, it felt a little bit like the cup final where they played all right, they just didn't take their chances, and that was the difference. It was one side were clinical, the other side weren't. Maybe they could have been a little bit better defensively, but I think Eddie Howe, the order guard goal aside, will be happy with the way they performed, and we'll just say, you know, just keep going, but just let's make sure there's not maybe not as much space between the defence and the midfield. Let's not allow... Their, their players to roam and have as much space as they did and let's just take our chances and you know you'll not have to change too much I don't think on the on the training pitch to make sure they get a result against Leeds. Well that's true um, and you're going to get blips and and before that I mean we've scored six against Spurs we scored five at West Ham we scored four up here we've been taking our chances and what we've got to remember this game on Saturday lunchtime Andrew is that Leeds haven't the players to take advantage the way Arsenal had the players to take advantage. When you looked at Ossengard and in, 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 in midfield and you look at Saka and you look at Jizu and they've got some quality players. Now, I'm not suggesting Leeds have got none with Harrison, etc., etc., etc. But Leeds haven't got the players to punish you that Arsenal had. Or can I say, at the time that Aston Villa had. They had quality, quality players that could punish you. Leeds less so. Um, so, you know, there's not, you're not facing the same challenge that you faced the last time you played. Yeah, and Leeds concede far too many goals as well. 69, which is the most conceded in the league. So, if Newcastle can find their shooting boots, you know, you expect... Um, uh, uh, you know, a few goals from Newcastle. Interesting, interesting, and I'll ask you, this is an interesting one, if they can find their shooting boots. Well, the two people with shooting boots of late, not against Arsenal, but of late, has been Isaac and Wilson. Now, how does Eddie work them? This They're our best hope of goals, regardless mm. of how they're used or when they're used during a game. You know, if only one starts and one comes, they're our best chance of goals, those two. Now, bear in mind that for the first time he did what lots of people thought he wouldn't do because he's never done it, which is play Isaac wide left at this, from the start and Wilson. Um, didn't work in terms of goals. There's no question about that. But it did put our two most potent players on the field. Now, bear in mind that... That left wing position is going to be up for grabs at Leeds because it's not going to be filled by Joe Linton because Joe Linton will have to play middle of the park. 
So somebody's got to play there, whether it's Isaac, whether it's Maxi, whether it's Gordon, Murphy on the other side. Um, it's going to be interesting, and I know we're second-guessing, but to say, and I know you said that you wouldn't have started Isaac and Wilson against Arsenal, but you would against Leeds. So presumably you would keep them both in the side uh, on Saturday. Interesting what Eddie will do with them too. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back on what I said, actually, because you often do that, Andrew. There, you see, there you go. You, I'm, you know. I'm flexible, John. I'm flexible. That's what it is. Um, well, you're right. Yeah, you're not contradictory. Or you don't change your mind. You're just flexible. I'll change my mind when it comes to dealing with the facts. And the facts were, that it just didn't work against Arsenal. And a lot of things didn't work against Arsenal. No, would it work against Leeds? Do you know what? I think he might. I think he'll play Anthony Gordon. I would play St. Maximum, but I think he'll play Anthony Gordon on the left. I've just, I, I just think that's what he'll do. I don't think he'll play Isaac and Wilson together. I think he'll use one of them off the bench. I think he'll probably play Isaac up front and drop Wilson to the bench. That's that's my prediction for what he'll do. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, because as I say, trying to second guess Eddie is hopeless. I think a lot of people would want to bring Max in. I don't think he will, simply because I don't think he's had enough time, minutes on the field. I mean, to start, he'll bring yeah. him on. He will play in the game. There's no question about that. But I don't think he'll start because he hasn't had enough minutes. And um, he is a guy that's got to be fit. You know, it's got to be up and running at the right pace. So I don't think for one moment he'll start him. Um, I... I think you're right that if he was only going to play one of those two, it would be Isaac to start and bring Wilson on if he was going to only play one at centre-forward. It would be interesting then about how he plays um, the outside left if you, if we accept that Murphy will be outside right. Or does he bring Almirin into the equation because Murphy can play either side? Um, I can understand why it would be Gordon as well, but I, I, I'm a little bit concerned about that because he's not up and running yet for me. He's not the player that we thought we were buying. I, I think he can become that player, as I've said before on these podcasts, but I don't think he's that at the moment. Well, Saturday is the perfect opportunity for him to start, isn't it? That's the, that, he, can, he, he can start his journey to that end goal of being the player that we, we thought we have bought. And I mean, just briefly, you mentioned there about Leeds not having... The players, obviously, that Arsenal have got, but um, you know, we still got to be wary of them. They've Big Sam made the the big decision to to drop Melier and play uh, Robles in goal. He didn't play the player that I think most people think is probably their most threatening player in Rodrigo, who actually got the goal against City. Now he is a player who um, is definitely one to watch, but who knows what Sam Aldice will do? He did start Nonto, who's got a lot of uh, credit this season, Harrison, as you mentioned. Um, but you know, if, if he starts Patrick Bamford up front, John, which I think he's probably likely to do, it should and touch wood. And I don't want to prejudge things, but I don't think you're too worried if you're Fabian Share or Sven Botman about Mark and Bamford. I think you'd be a lot more worried if he were Mark and Rodrigo other than uh, rather than Bam Bamford. Mm, mm. I mean. Uh... He got a lot of credit for being bold about his goalkeeper, but it, it, it was it was a knocking bet. I mean, for a start, the other guy has been throwing them in. 
I mean, he's been literally thrown them in. And the guy that he called up, he used to have him with Everton. So the guy had played with him. So he knew what he was doing uh, with that setup. Uh, and you've always got to make a statement early doors. Um, I don't care who plays. They're not good enough. Leeds United aren't good enough. That doesn't mean that Endeavour and everything else will not turn out on top and that they cannot win on Saturday. Of course they can win on Saturday. They're at home with a new feel-good factor. Um, so, of course, you can win on Sunday. But man for man, they wouldn't be where they were if they were good enough, and we shouldn't worry about them. I've said it time and again on here, Andrew, but it, and I think it, I stick by it. If we get our game right, we win. Never mind what they do. If we get our game right, we win. We've got to make certain we get our game right, because if we don't, we do open the door to them. Uh, we've got to be spot on. We've got to go back to basics across the back four. Because, by the way, I mean, Pope's been making heroic saves. So, you know, that shows you how the back four's leaked because he must have made four terrific saves uh, against Arsenal. So if we go back to basics across the back four, if we compete in midfield, and if we get some clarity up front in terms of going back, to what they've done recently with all the goals, then we win. And Sam can make his own arrangements. If we do not do our job correctly, then we could have some trouble in the game. I hope Newcastle do, as they are instructed by Eddie Howe. Let's have a look, a quick look at the league table then, John. Here we are, four games left to go. Newcastle third, 65 points. My United fourth. 63 Liverpool fifth on 62, and we've kindly included Spurs in there out of charity sixth on 57. Yeah. The goal difference is huge as well, John. I mean, the goal difference is, is really the goal important. difference is a point, isn't it? It's a point. And um, I mean, the interesting thing, and in people are trying to help us, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. I mean, um, you know, Manchester United go and lose at West Ham. Brighton, who everybody was making a late run and what a team they are and they can make a late run because of games now, get smacked 5-1. And, and they have still got to play all the top three. They've still got to play Arsenal, Man City and us. So I've got them out of the equation. I've got Spurs out of the equation. The simple answer for me is that it's two from three. This is accepting that Arsenal and Man City are clear and will be in the Champions League. Then it's two from three, and it's Newcastle, it's Manchester United, and it's Liverpool. Uh, because they've managed six wins out of six, the three remaining games are as, a, as easy as they can be in the Premier League. So they could get nine points there. I'm just absolutely furious because we give them six points this season. And without six points, Liverpool wouldn't be a threat now if you took those six points away from them. Um, but I, it's two out of three for the last two European places. Well, it's funny you should say that because I've got on our website, we have a tool which allows you to predict how the season is going to finish. And I'm going to get John... To do it here on the podcast. So what I will do, I will ask John uh, his win, draw or defeat 
predictions for the remainder of the games, not just Newcastle games, but everyone involved in the race for the top four. John will tell me how they will go, and this tour will kindly tot up the league table and tell us how it's going to finish. So I'm just going to pop onto the site. Right, John. Uh, some of the games, because obviously there's games in hand, so when this tour was done, um, some of the games in hand for teams will be kind of the last games I mentioned. So just bear that in mind when you're listening to it. Uh, don't write in. That's just the way it is. We'll start, John. Arsenal versus Brighton. Arsenal to win. And then next up, Aston Villa versus Tottenham. Aston Villa to win. Brentford versus West Ham. It doesn't really matter to us because neither because Brentford aren't going to make it. Um, but it, it draw up Brentford to win, but it doesn't matter to us, does it? No, no. I think that I think it's included. It's including pretty much all of the fixtures actually, because it also has Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest. But to get oh. to the end, we're going to have to fill it in. So Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest. Would be. If these matter, uh, cop a couple of dead beats there, isn't it? Chelsea. And then next, next up, Palace Bournemouth. Do we really need these games? They won't affect us. Well, you're going to get the chance as well to predict who's going to go down here. Um, the two are going to get who goes down. <laughs> Palace Bournemouth. Draw. Draw. Uh, Everton, Man City. Man City. Easy one, that one. Then Leeds, Newcastle, then. Newcastle to win. See, I had a draw on this one. I did go for a draw um, okay. for Leeds, Newcastle. Leicester, Liverpool? I am trying to make a case out for Leicester, but I can't. Liverpool to win. Exactly. It's got to be with your head, not with your heart, John. My United Wolves? You've got to go Man United, I guess. You do, I think. Southampton, Fulham. Oh, Fulham. Rumours that there's a six million pound clause in Marco Silva's uh, contract should West Ham, uh, yeah. who are reportedly after him, which is a that's a huge uh, clause. Uh, Bournemouth, Manchester United. Bournemouth, Manchester United. Draw. Yeah. Draw. Sneaky little point there for Bournemouth. Brighton, Southampton. Brighton. Uh, Fulham Palace. Draw. Mm, Palace going good guns under Roy Hodgson. Uh, Liverpool Aston Villa. Ooh. I mean, I think it, I think Villa's gone off the boil. I think it's Liverpool, but I'm trying to make a case out for Villa getting the point uh, because that would be lovely. But um, I can have to take your first answer. It's going to be a Liverpool home. Yes, win. I've got it. I've got to tell it from the head, and so I'm going <laughs> Liverpool. Man City, Chelsea. Man City. Newcastle, Leicester. Newcastle. Forest, Arsenal. Arsenal. Spurs, Brentford. Draw. West Ham, Leeds. Draw. Uh, Wolves, Everton. Draw. Arsenal, Wolves. Awesome. Aston Villa, Brighton. Draw. It might be a very good game, that one. Brentford, Manchester City. Man City. And then Chelsea, Newcastle. Newcastle. 
Newcastle away win final day of the season at Palace Forest. Palace. Everton, Bournemouth. Ooh, Everton. Uh, Leeds, Tottenham. Draw. That could be a huge, I mean, that will be a huge game potentially. Both teams yeah. fighting for, for yeah. something there. Draw that one. Uh, Leicester, West Ham. Ooh, draw. Could be a big one for Leicester. That My United, Fulham. Man United. Southampton, Liverpool. Liverpool. Newcastle, Brighton. Newcastle. Brighton, Manchester City. City. I think that's the last one. We've got Manchester United versus Chelsea. (laughs) Man United. And that's it, right? Let's see what the table is. Then you have be close uh, between the, the three. It's not actually no. So you got uh, Newcastle finishing third on seventy-seven points, with Manchester United finishing fourth on seventy-three, Liverpool fifth on seventy-one. Got City winning the title, ninety-four points to Arsenal on ninety. Then we'll just go down the bottom ends. Um, Southampton down. You have a Leicester. 19th on 31 points. Leeds, 18th, also going down on 32. And Forrest escaping, 17th, 33 points. And then there's three points to 16th where Everton lie on 36. So there you go. Newcastle get Champions League football, John. Well, the will have been banging on about that for weeks. Steady, steady nerves, steady hands. We will get... There's no question. It was only a question earlier whether we'll get it from third or whether we'll get it from fourth. And but we were going to get it, and we are still going to get it. When obviously before you were like you know um, you said oh the top three Brighton have to play the top three and obviously yeah. Man United, uh, Man City, sorry Arsenal and Newcastle. Do you ever have you taken a step back yet when you say that sentence and go bloody hell? Top three, and we're, we're including Newcastle United in that. Absolutely. But we've had all season to get used to it, you know, because we've been between three and five all season. And I've never had steadier nerves than I've got now. Um, because, of course, I can be proved wrong. Anybody can be proved wrong. But I, I, I'm, I'm quite steady. I'm not uh, twitching like a fried egg on the run-in at all. We will finish in the Champions League. Uh, don't worry about it, Bonnie lads. Enjoy it because uh, if you can't enjoy these days, you can't enjoy anything. Believe Very you true. me, these are the days to enjoy it because uh, the sun's shine is on our side of the street where we used to be walking the shadows. It's on our side now. Well, if anyone is feeling gloomy or was feeling gloomy, they've listened to this podcast and they'll be up, up in the heavens. Uh, <laughs> very positive, John, and that's what we like. I think you've already said it, but how is Saturday going to go in your castle win, isn't it? Oh, yes, uh, yes. I, I think it'll be a fight because they've got to make it a fight. They're at home, the crowd's behind them, they've got a new manager to hope that he's got a magic one. He keeps telling everybody he's got a magic one. He shouldn't be telling West Brom that because the last time he was employed, he took West Brom down and won four out of 20-odd games. Um, but no, Newcastle to win, I think they will. Hard fought, but that doesn't matter. Only results matter now in Newcastle to win. 
Do you know what? I did put a draw in that predictor when I did this morning, but then I did a bit of research for this episode. And it's just them Adam Forshaw quotes. I they just they just inspired me to make a ridiculous prediction. And I think Newcastle are gonna win this three, four nil. I'm sorry. That, if you're part player, is, that part of it is ridiculous, but wouldn't it be wonderful? I mean, it would. But I mean, it was if you a few weeks back said Newcastle against Spurs, oh, they'll be five uh, nil up in twenty minutes. That would have been ridiculous, but it was true. I think I did say four. I think I said the game would end four nil, something like that. If I remember yeah, correctly, not not after twenty minutes. No, no, I didn't. No, I don't think anyone had that down. But yeah, I think. I just think if you're coming into this game and you're already admitting you're a bit tired and you haven't got the legs, then God help you, God help you. And I think Newcastle will... Yeah, it will be a fight, but I can see them scoring quite a few goals and, and taking a massive step towards uh, qualification in the top four. So, fingers crossed, we're both right with the, if, the results, John. Um, if anybody wants to feel good, not just for shows quotes, but I've kept repeating it, just get the league table out and look at the top three and look at the bottom three. That should make you feel good. Just get the form table out. I mean, the last six games, they've picked up one point. Newcastle have picked up 12. You know, Leeds are on a hiding to nothing, really. It's going to be uh, quite the great escape for Big Sam. But hopefully, I mean, if he does do it, it doesn't start on Saturday. And it won't start on Saturday because Newcastle are going to pick oh. up all three points. To you guys listening, if you want to take part in that predictor, I will pop the link into the podcast descriptions. Just open it up and scroll down to the bottom and, and, and fill into your heart's content. And yeah, drop us an email, drop us a tweet with your finished Premier League table and we'll have a bit of a discussion uh, on the news feed. Thank you as always to John for popping on to the match preview. To everyone else, head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news. Hit that subscribe button on your podcast provider. Me and John will be back next week and we'll see you guys very soon. <laughs>